Hello everyone, I'm Cynthia Ichisum and welcome to Startup Stories with Cynthia. This is where we talk about the real, relatable, inspiring and exciting journey of startup founders. So, let's get straight into it. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Startup Stories with Cynthia. Today's episode is very different. Um, like I shared in my last episode, we're going to be starting a new series called Commentary Episodes, right? So for every story I tell, I'm going to have someone come on board and share, you know, their thoughts regarding the story and, you know, things that we can actually learn from it. And it's really inspired from a personal experience. Um, and, I, and I do hope that, you know, we get to enjoy it. Okay, in today's episode, our first ever commentary episode, I have with me the amazing Gideon. I mean, I met Gideon uh, recently in a random conversation with um, two friends of mine, and we've just um, built this bond since, right? And I just thought Gideon is the perfect person to tell us, um, you know, what we, what he thinks about, about this story. So, uh, welcome everyone. Um, let's welcome Gideon. Hi, Gideon. Hello, Sids. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, thank you so much, Cynthia, for having me on this podcast. I must really say that um, you've done a great job. Uh, I, I remember when you shared this idea about starting this podcast with me. Seeing the growth, seeing the impact is made in the ecosystem, amazing work so far. Thank you again for having me. Thanks, Gideon. Fantastic. Okay, so... Um, Gideon is an amazing person in the sense that he is a startup midwife. I don't know why he gave himself that. Why, why did you give yourself that name, startup midwife? <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about it from the context of of um, of um, birthing kids um, and and think about the roles that midwives play. Um, over the years, I found that this is my this is my life's assignment, right? This is what I'm I'm made for. Uh, this is where that's my happy place, right? So. Uh, midwife is a less fanciful name. I mean, everyone wants to be a doctor, everyone wants to be a nurse, mm. everyone wants to be a gynecologist. Mm. How did you find anyone who's just wanting to be a midwife? But then, um, it's a long story, but I just chose the non-flashy, non-fancy way to describe something that people can, when you think about the work I do with the startups, and you think about who the midwives are, uh, yeah, just, just helps you understand um, uh, who we are. I mean, I was having a conversation with one of my friends, friends mm-hmm. um, um he's in government right but then before then mm-hmm. he used to play in this space mm-hmm. and it was like the work that we do is a very, very thankless job mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. knows who the big investors are everybody yeah. knows who the founders are oh, wow. uh, yeah. there's just there's just very small attention to people who who are sweating mm-hmm. bleeding crying to mm-hmm. ensure that you know more startups are born and mm-hmm. more startups actually survive mm. so, yeah mm. that's so true that's so true there's not there's not a lot of attention on like startup advisors and and the people playing key startup midwife um, roles mm. and that's so true and I'm, I'm pretty excited that he, you're here because we're going to talk about storms right um if you guys already know um gideon is the general manager at ventures park uh, if you don't know Ventures Park, uh, probably heard of Ventures Platform. If you've not heard of Ventures Platform, you should have heard of Future Africa. Well, everybody's linked, right? So um, these are the guys doing amazing work for the startup ecosystem in Africa, in Nigeria, reaching 
um, lots and lots of startup founders investing in them. Some of the startups we already know, um, um, you know, we can already see the impact they're already having on the on the ecosystem, on 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 the individuals of of Africa. So I'm pretty excited that he's here. He has got experience, and we're gonna all like have a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Okay, so I think we should start from here. Like, what do you think about the Tom story? Uh, yeah, so basically, and generally speaking, right, like I said, you, you've done, uh, you've done an, an amazing job being able to dissect, um, you know, the, the entire story. Um, it's, it's something for everyone to, to learn from, you know, mm. um, especially those people who are building things that are, that are, that are tech driven, or do I do that? Driven or people who are building solutions that need technology to scale in terms of distribution, because for 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 products that are not exactly uh, tech products per se, but that you need tech to be able to help to distribute, and you know mm-hmm. tech just comes somewhere in between to ensure that you know uh, scalability is achieved. Um, mm-hmm. You need to learn. You need to learn from the wins and the losses of of. Uh, mm. Of Tom's as a brand and mm-hmm. and then the founder of Black Mayoski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean that's so true. Like tech comes in like as as that enabler, right, for something that is already working, right? So I mean, what do you think about their business model? Do you think that they had um, the right um, business model? Because I mean, they didn't survive. Um, what mistakes do you think you know they made? What what mistakes do you think they made? And yeah, what can we learn from like their business model? Yeah, so they had a very fantastic business model. To be honest with you, I've seen a couple of friends even build stuff around that business model, right? Mm. And it has worked. But um, I, I'm always quick to let people know that there are mm. five parts of a business, right? Mm. It is wanting to, the first part of the business is to create value. That's a value creation part of the business. There's mm-hmm. a marketing part of the Mm-hmm. part of the business there's a sales mm-hmm. part of the business there's a mm-hmm. value delivery part of the vi- business mm-hmm. and there's this finance um, wow. part of the business and mm-hmm. each of these five parts of business you need to constantly evaluate mm-hmm. and reevaluate exactly. to check what you're doing so look at for example in terms mm-hmm. let's look at value creation right mm-hmm. and let's look at a company for example uh which company is it comes to mind that has had to reevaluate their value creation let's mm-hmm. look at best buy let's look at best buy Okay. Let's look at okay. Best Buy versus Amazon, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Best Buy was was that store that everybody used to go to to get stuff, mm-hmm. right? So it was one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, retail stores, and mm-hmm. then Amazon came with a disruptive um, uh, yeah. idea, you know, mm-hmm. a situation where you don't necessarily have to pay for fiscal infrastructure in terms of the store, right? Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. takes away part of your cost of of revenue. As a mm. business owner, you don't have to pay mm-hmm. for fiscal infrastructure. You don't have to pay for a lot of staff. Yeah. You don't have to pay for extra security. Exactly. You know, it cut it cut a lot away from the cost of revenue, and you know they also had a model that allowed them to uh, Amazon as an organization buying directly from the producers, meaning that mm-hmm. there was not really middle people in between. Mm-hmm. So some that would ordinarily cost like mm-hmm. three three dollars in mm-hmm. Best Buy, you could get for like two dollars or even less at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And naturally, people follow people follow where I mean where things are coming getting better. So people yeah. people stopped buying from Best Buy and they were going to Amazon. There was uh, a big temptation, very huge temptation for um, uh, for Best Buy as a business to just say, "Oh, look, 
Amazon is trying to kill mm. us or mm-hmm. start playing the victim, maybe go mm-hmm. after them, use government and stuff like that, and just fold up. But Best Buy reevaluated their value creation. Yes. Yeah. And they, look, they said, look, it's not sustainable. At this mm. point, with this model, we can't compete against Amazon, but what can we do better? Mm-hmm. Then mm. they went to do their research and they found mm-hmm. that majority of people that even go back to Amazon to go and buy things, we first mm. come to Best Buy, their physical store, mm-hmm. we see it because you know that it's when you see something that you now decide if you really want it or not. So exactly. they, will see how, they will see how it looks physically mm-hmm. and then because they could not, they would, because they knew that they could get that same thing at a cheaper price mm-hmm. on Amazon, they would mm-hmm. leave Best Buy, they walk out of Best Buy and now go to their houses, use the internet and buy from mm-hmm. Amazon. Mm-hmm. When Best Buy discovered that, what did Best Buy do? Best Buy mm-hmm. changed, changed their value creation. They stopped mm-hmm. selling the products. They started using mm-hmm. their stores as exhibition centers. Yeah. So you find a, an organization like Samsung, an iPhone, all these organizations that, that, that their products are heavily dependent on people seeing and experiencing, mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. to book spaces and take spaces within the Best Buy store to exhibit uh-huh. their products. And mm. then you now go and buy from their online store and stuff like that. Mm. So the Best Buy was no longer selling to the consumers or to the mm. to the to the people to the final consumers. They were now selling to the organizations wow. that had product to sell. Mm. You understand? So they were able mm-hmm. to reevaluate their value creation, and then we mm-hmm. marketing. We found different organizations to you know, change their marketing strategy based on what they've observed with sales, with value delivery. Look at Jumia, mm-hmm. um, uh, with the pay on, pay on delivery. That's them changing their value delivery. Um, approach with finance mm-hmm. is so much that people do with you know mm-hmm. evaluating. So what I feel like um, Tom's shoes fails to do was to constantly mm-hmm. reevaluate. Exactly. 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 When you are driving a car, you don't mm-hmm. only have the windshield; you also have the side mirrors. You also have mm-hmm. the other mirror mm-hmm. that is helping you to see. Check the sides. Check what's going mm-hmm. on. Are things mm-hmm. changing? Don't get carried away in the old. You know, yeah, we're getting for over how many mm-hmm. years? For like six years. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were just the toast of everyone. They forgot that mm. man, things change. People change. change. Mm. Yes. And they forgot that. I mean, people were coming. Look at what easily killed, uh, to be honest with you, mm. what easily killed um, Tom's shoes or what really affected Tom's shoes was the fact mm. that people, because they didn't have like a, a very strong product differentiation strategy. Beautiful. The whole mm. of their strategy was based on their, on their sure. distribution. On their yep. distribution model, which was around yeah. social exactly. impacts, buy one, get one free. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was what they were heavy relying on. What they failed mm-hmm. to understand is that exactly, exactly that their product was not very different. It was very easy to make. So you'll mm-hmm. find uh you find businesses or brands like my sketches or sorry, sketchers um, mm-hmm. going to go and replicate the exact thing because in the first place they didn't even have like Apagata was like was an already an already existing design, right? In Argentina. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's just very easy for you to go and find it. The raw mas- materials are easy to find, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the business, the distribution model itself was even easy to co- to copy or to exactly. To so there was nothing exactly differentiating them, and that was where mm-hmm. the problem began to 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 grow. So if at the beginning, when people began to copy their designs, they should have began to think of other things. It was mm. too late. It was too late. Mm. By the time they went to, by the time they took their eyes off their hero product, which is the um, that particular abacata design shoe, mm-hmm. shoes, mm-hmm. and they began to look at you know other products, things began mm. to create the eyeglasses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was 
already too, too late. Too late. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. So many points. Like so many points. Okay. So let's let's take it one by one. Um. So you talk about differentiation, and I and I think, um, that's something to really binge on, right? Um, I think some shoes had a problem of like identity, in the sense that you know primarily they're like a shoemaking company. But I guess maybe they got in over their head and, you know, thought that they were like a social enterprise, right? Um, in, now, I wouldn't say social enterprise, but, you know, impact only. Because, I mean, if they had probably understood that they're like a shoemaking company, they probably they would start, you know, launching new and incredible products around the shoe industry, right? The industry just went off, right, to another mm-hmm. entirely new industry around coffee and then around uh, glasses, right um i mean there's a differentiation factor from like okay your product and service right Mm. but how do you how do you think um so you said it's important for you to know when to start innovating like start changing direction like you're you're driving so how do you know when to start changing direction right how do you know when okay the old model is gone and this is time to move because why did why didn't they figure it out too late and how can like a startup founder like figure it out early enough? Mm. Uh, very interesting question you asked here, and there are many there are very many ways through which you can actually look at this and assess it. Right, the first one will be to look at it from the point of who did they think they were in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you understand mm-hmm. who did who mm-hmm. did they think they were in the first place? Exactly. I, I mean, honestly speaking, if I had the opportunity to, <laughs> and of course, if you, if you do have the opportunity to interview Blake, please. <laughs> I'll be very interested in listening to that interview. But <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really, I mean, I'm really curious to know who he thought or who they thought they were, you mm. know, because the, the over-reliance on that distribution model was was was, mm. was crazy for them. I, I mean, because it worked once or because it worked at the beginning, it does not mean that it will always work. So mm. I think that in the, all of it, even with the, if you notice, even when they came up with a new product, line the glasses and the coffee and everything they kept mm. using that same model same thing, yeah. that same model but the truth of the matter is that people were already beginning to ask questions mm-hmm. as per what exactly is the impact mm-hmm. of this thing these people are mm-hmm. saying that for every one pair of shoe a buy they're giving someone shoe how does it have, how does it make the world a better place people, mm-hmm. the questions were already coming mm-hmm. already coming up in the hearts of people and remember that everything is about um, perception when the world mm-hmm. that that is heavily focused on perception, and that's why when you that's why there's a concept called a product perceived value, right? You want to be able exactly. to put a lot of um, uh, you want to help your product have a very strong perception in the minds of people. The moment mm-hmm. people began to question the mm-hmm. impact of what they were doing, that was where they began to have problems. Especially when these these sketchers, these guys, oh, they are so evil. They started doing. Mm-hmm. Decided doing um buy buy one pair of shoe mm-hmm. and we're giving two out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you understand? <laughs> so it, it just I mean people now say yeah. wonder to wonder, like, oh, okay, so even after so you can what, what they were saying. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And that's how I mean human beings are like that, right? People think that people think that human beings don't have sense. I mean, they would just always follow the uh, mob mentality and you know, mm-hmm. but people are actually thinking. People are mm. actually constantly selling, asking themselves questions. Even you, as as a consumer, sometimes you have you buy something and you have guilt. It's called buyer's guilt, mm-hmm. right? So you begin to ask mm-hmm. yourself if this thing was really worth mm-hmm. worth 
the, mm-hmm. the value that you placed on it, you know. So, I mean, people have that, I mean, it's, it's, it's psychological, right? Um, mm-hmm. So basically, I think that it was just um, too much reliance on that distribution model. And mm-hmm. how do you, and, and, and the other dimension of the question that you ask is, how do you know when it's time for you to be, to, yeah. to move? It's, it's a constant thing. It's something that you need to always evaluate. When I was speaking of the five parts of business, I was saying mm-hmm. that you need to constantly evaluate and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Many organizations, especially big organizations, that's, I mean, interesting to find that they even had like a very strong impact um, assessment team, as an mm-hmm. story I heard. But mm-hmm. what they did not have is not just about impact. Like I said, I mean, I think that they just they just thought they, were, they just thought of themselves as a social impact organization. I think that's what it is. I don't mm-hmm. think they saw themselves as a shoe-making company, what, mm. what, what they would have done. And in that kind of situation, if those about the shoe-making company for sustainability, what you need to do is now to maybe outsource the shoe production to a, an organization or have people mm. who it is about shoes mm. mm-hmm. and design it. Because I mean, first of all, like we said, upper data was easy to replicate because it was already an existing mm-hmm. shoe design in Argentina, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the resources to make the shoes, the raw materials to make the shoes were very mm-hmm. affordable and available, right? Yes. So it was just mm-hmm. very easy for people to, to copy. So if if you knew that and you started seeing your competition, your competitors coming, what you what you usually do is to begin to make new lines of shoes quickly enough and spend mm-hmm. the same amount because they, they actually at the beginning they actually got a lot of publicity mm-hmm. from. You know, from celebrities and stuff. So if they focus mm-hmm. their marketing on a new brand line, that would have been yeah. very, very good. But they had only one hero product and they over relied on that hero product for, exactly. for too long. I think that's what the problem is. I don't know if that answers your yeah. question. But, but yeah. when you think about when you think about this, this I mean there's a lot to learn. When I listen to your podcasts, mm. when I listen to the podcast, I was like, this is the kind of information that innovative entrepreneurs should be listening to, they should have mm. access to. Mm. Honestly, uh, this this story needs wider reach because, I mean, with my experience, you know, with all the incubation and acceleration programs that we're currently doing, even mm-hmm. uh, at the park and in some engagements I've been invited to and mm-hmm. stuff like that, even, uh, for example, tomorrow I'm doing something again with some people mm. in the telecom space. Mm-hmm. See, this information needs to be readily available to them because, mm. because people are making these same mistakes. Same mistakes, yeah. They're making, they're yeah. making the same mistakes. Exactly. I see it every day. Exactly. Exactly. So powerful. So powerful. I mean, that's that's one of the major reasons why I started this because history just repeats itself, right? And mm. you don't want it to happen in such a way where it's so catastrophic, especially for your own beautiful African ecosystem that is already receiving this attention, right? Um, so I, I think one point you've made is the, I think, which is a major, major problem that most companies or in quotes, tech companies have, because there is this hype on tech, they tend to lose focus on their core business, right? And the core business is where you should be focused on. Tech is just the enabler of the core business. And so because they are heavily reliant on, oh, it's a tech company, it's a tech company, they leave out the core business, which is probably, um, maybe take for example vendees right they use technology to to create that um make that distribution um possible but they are they are more or less like a retail distribution company that's who they are right and tech is just that layer 
that makes it a bit easier. All right, same thing for Triver Greg, same thing for every other company. You're using technology, but your core business is what you should be innovating on. Your core business is what you should be listening, you should be listening to. For example, um, around like how do you know when to innovate? I remember this story about Netflix, right? And Blockbuster. So Blockbuster was, you know, the well-known company that made it possible for people to get access to um, DVDs, right? So you want to watch a movie, you go to the Blockbuster um, store, pick up a DVD, go watch it. When you're done, you come back, right, and drop it. So Netflix, the first solution, the first ever solution was, we'll make it easy in the sense that we'll get the uh, DVD for you, deliver it to your house, and then when you're done watching it, um, we'll, you know, take it back from you and take it put it back at Blockbuster. So that it was more or less like a, a delivery company, right, for DVDs, right? Until it got to a point, I think one of the things I also noticed is that Blockbuster tried to um, replicate that by building an exactly the same website of, like, Netflix at that time. So copycat of Netflix, but it didn't work. It, it just died. I mean, Blockbuster, we no longer hear of, of Blockbuster except in, you know, when they're describing, oh, a Blockbuster movie, but... <laughs> Who would have known? Mm. You didn't know that it was actually the name of a company. But mm. yeah, I mean, Netflix, one of the major points in their company was when they transitioned. And it was really from having conversations with the customer. They realized <laughs> that their customer had a pain point, which is, I don't like the fact that I can only watch one movie at a time, right? Mm. Or, you know, I, I can only have access to one, two, three, four, five movies at a time. I want to be able to you know, watch as many movies as I want. So they were listening to their customers. And once they immediately picked up on that and they started working towards that transition. And that's why we know Netflix as what it is today. But Netflix was never first what it is today. It was previously like a delivery company for DVDs. So I think one major place to look at is consumers. Like listen to your consumers. What how is their lifestyle? Like what their, what what are they saying about the way they um currently um get served right their lifestyle the changes that they're making the the industry is also a very good place to listen to but i won't say like every time but yeah industry can actually say one or two things about where maybe technology is transitioning towards you know what what changes people are making in other stakeholders in the industry what they are doing that can sort of help you innovate i think also another place to look at is smaller companies so if you're an incumbent you're a huge company you should start looking towards disruptors right look at what they are doing like in the case of PNG, they saw, um, they observed the product that was, you know, trending, but it was a really small company. So they bought the company over and made them an independent company that started, you know, um, scaling that particular product. So um, just like the three major places you can look at. But um, Gideon, what do you have to say about about this? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you've really I think you've really said it all because to be honest, that is the that is the. That is where the whole point is, putting your ears to the ground and listening to what your consumers are saying. Remember that you're selling through technology, you're not selling to technology. So you need to constantly pay attention to the people who are buying, the people who you're selling to, right? And that's what makes market research very important. It's a very important component. I think that what we find also um, is that a lot of organizations just get carried away. That's the truth. And then you're going to see a lot more distraction, especially with the funny that comes mm. now. Yeah. So people get a lot of funding and uh-huh. then they're focused on on you know how to okay. how to get more funding how to raise more they're forgetting yeah. what their customers are looking yeah. are looking, at, looking for more, more app developers exactly exactly so one of the one of our one of our big guys one of our 
they're the beloved um, celebrated organizations recently, you know, they've, they, they're now taking their market research very seriously. Mm. Um, even when I was, I was out of the country for a bit, and even when I was out of the country, I kept mm. receiving emails, calls from these people. I remember one about say, look, if I pick this code, let me just remind that this code is going to be very expensive. They're like, oh, we don't mind. Mm. And they were asking questions about their product and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what they should have been doing. But oh, guess okay. what? Mm. Before now, they were just mm-hmm. focused on how much they're raising. They were oh, focused my. on selling, oh, their, selling their, what's it called? Selling mm. their brand ambassador to or using their brand ambassador to influence oh, wow. us and, and get us to you know use their product by all means without asking mm. what exactly do you people want. Mm. I've done like three interviews with these people lately. One as a customer, as a user of their product, number two as someone in the ecosystem who I mean they think that my opinion is is useful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they've called me like a, a third time to do a follow-up on the conversations that we had and the recommendations that I made, you know. Mm-hmm. Before now, they were not paying attention to these things mm. because of the whole excitement of raising, raising this is A, B, I'm going to do mm-hmm. C, wow. mm. based on what they think, what they what they thought, because I, I'm using past tense now, because at the <laughs> beginning, they thought they found what the customers want, what the people want at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? But they now rediscover really that at the end of the day, and it's just all hype and a bubble. Once mm-hmm. you get down to it, you are having conversations constantly with the people who consume your products. Mm. Then you are not really doing the business. By the time the whole yeah. bubble burst, you now realize that mm-hmm. oh, it's just all noise and yeah, hype. just just a fad. Mm. Exactly. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's it's really who you're selling to that that matters. Wow! Wow! Fantastic! Mm-hmm. Like this is just. <laughs> How many minutes and lots of nuggets have been, you know, just moving from point A to point B. I hope, I hope you guys are listening and like taking notes because this is like, this is a mistake that almost every startup founder, um, you know, is making right now, especially at this phase of like the entire ecosystem. Um, but I'm really excited that we had this conversation. There are a lot of notes um, to be taken. Like we talked about, you know, terms, what they should have done better. I think some lessons to to learn is like be quick to make innovative moves right um transition is really important look at the right places look at the right indicators um make your market research look at your industry listen more to your customers look at what other companies smaller companies that are sort of invisible not the big ones because the big ones are following what's (laughs) what is popular right um look at the smaller ones right so you know there's always these small companies that come to take down big companies like netflix and um, blockbuster we had the example of best buy and amazon how even though you're a big company you can actually still innovate right you can actually still innovate and all you have to do is just listen to your consumers and we also learned that you know you have to dig deep and stop looking at you know the tech tech is just the surface level right look at your core business and try and improve on your core business right that is the part that doesn't scale Technology helps you scale, but that's the part of those, and that's where you need to get your hands dirty, right? So this, this has really been interesting. Um, any final words for our audience, Gideon? Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is that there's absolutely nothing that we've said now that is that is new. Um, mm-hmm. If you speak to the issue of you know threat of new entry, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could easily just look back at Michael Potter's five forces. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he spoke about it in his in his five forces, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in the consulting startups ecosystem already know about Michael Potter's five forces. Mm-hmm. The only problem that we have is that um, 
is is the issue of destruction, mm. the issue of destruction from the from the core of the thing. So uh, mm. I think that if there's anything anyone should take away from this is to is to pay attention to what really matters mm. um, with your product, right? Mm. Uh, that's really important. You see, when you have a great product, when you have a very good relationship with your your when you when you when you achieve product market fit and you're mm. constantly in touch, you have good rapport with your consumers. Mm. Um, because again, again, maybe I should just mention this that um, I think one of the challenges that um, that that uh, Tom's shoes had was the fact that even in their distribution model, they didn't really have direct contact with their customers. Mm, they didn't have direct customers. They were, they were distributing through wholesale, right? And when you have that big company in between you and your final consumer, there's always that tendency that, you know, you are not able to directly represent who you are. It's like me trying to mm. get someone to explain who I am to you. Mm. Do, you do you get what I'm trying to say? Something missing out somewhere. Exactly. It's always, it's always something that's that, that most likely missing out. Communication leakages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you don't want to, you want to ensure that regardless you have you have you have built that good rapport with your your final consumer and and then that way you can keep reiterating and getting better improving your product and improving your experience with your your consumer so uh, i mean the call the call the, the call to action for me would be stay focused on what really matters you see investment is going to come fund is going to come i find a lot of people in the space i i play you don't know how many emails that i mean i put up a tweet recently about how and mm. every day I race to achieve zero inbox because I sleep today. I finish attending to all my emails before you know what's happening. A lot of mm. people are coming in. And what are they asking for? They're never asking for mentorship. They're not asking for, oh, when do you guys have an incubation <laughs> program that I can be a part of? They're never asking for, oh, oh what kind of asset? Yeah. They're asking for, oh, we have this startup. Can you um, provide a link to Venture Span platform fund for me? Can you put in a word for me? Can you send my pitch deck mm. to so, so person? Can you do an introduction to this person for me? And then sometimes I'm just forced to say, okay, pause, let me even look at the pitch deck that you want me to even forward mm-hmm. to this person in the ecosystem. And then I yeah. or the person you want me to introduce you to an ecosystem. And I, I see that even from the product itself, it's yeah. either they don't, they don't they're not even, they, like, there's no prototype yet. <laughs> there's oh still a lot of work to be done on the products. Oh my God. You are probably not even attained product market fit. Oh you don't God. even have customers. You have onboarded users who are not paying for your product yet, but you think that you want to get funding. I think Mm. it's a huge distraction. I think it's a huge distraction. Get your product right. Get your your um, market Mm. right, Mm -hmm. and 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 yeah, every other thing will come to you. Every Mm -hmm. other thing will come to you, and that's what really excites me about that email that White Combinator sends to their founders. Mm. I was so excited about about that email Mm -hmm. where you know. Uh, I don't know if you saw that email uh, since the email no. where YC yeah. sent sent to all all Y Combinator founders asking them to prepare for that in, in, in the light of this inflation. Oh yes, and yes, I remember. They yeah. should they should get ready. I like Owoye's take on it. I mean, I had, yeah. to, I had to send him a message to say, look, you actually hit the email on the head. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 stop all this. You know, we're not we're not uh, what's it called? We are not celebrities. Mm. Mm. Founders mm. are not celebrities. We are not entertainers. Yeah. All that you know, flashy looks, this, mm. that, that, that. Trying yeah. to you know, that's not what we're about. We are solving mm. Africa's most difficult problems. Oh, yeah. Let us focus on it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one. 
uh, one of the holy books says that she seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Focus on solving the problem mm-hmm. for the people that you care to solve the problem for. Oh. Every other thing, including mm. the funding Everything. to any level Everything. will come. Focus mm. on it. Just focus. I think that's wow. the most important thing I, I want people to take away from, from this wow. conversation. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is, oh my God, this is loaded. I can't believe this is our first commentary episode. I can't even imagine what the next few, not even few, like many more commentary episodes we're going to have. Just having incredible people share their thoughts on stories and also about the ecosystem. I mean, like I said, it, it was from a personal experience uh, in, in my family. When we, were, when we were sitting together to pray, we usually spend time um, sharing our thoughts regarding what we studied. So, you know, I just like, you know what? I mean, you guys are all listening to the story. Let's just let's just have a conversation around this, right? Let's just have a conversation around this. Thank you so much, Gideon. Thank you so much, thank Gideon. You so much. Um, this thank is so much. fantastic. Um, and thank you to my audience, all all of you who are listening from all over. Um, I think twenty countries right now listening live. Uh, I'm so excited about it, and I hope we do reach more and more and more people. Thank you so much, everyone. And there you have it. This is Startup Stories with Cynthia. All right. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening up to this point. I'm really excited that you stayed all the way to this point where you're hearing my voice. But don't just keep this to yourself. Share with community, friends, family, startup founders that you know will really, really need this. And also, send me a DM of how this has helped you or in what way you were blessed by it. You can send me an email, send me a VN. I'll be really, really excited to receive it. All right, there you have it. I remain Cynthia Ichisum, and this is Startup Stories with Cynthia. <laughs>